0: in their lives. (laughs) Ruth, an elderly woman, is standing in the parking lot of a rest area off a rural New Mexico highway. Did you see an older gentleman in a white pickup truck? She asked some folks standing nearby. They did, and they tell her that he had driven off just a few moments earlier. The woman lets out a sigh of frustration. Her husband has become so preoccupied with their trip, he's gone off without her. <laughs> she asks if she can borrow someone's cell phone so that she can call him. But when she calls him, their number of rings in her own purse. He had given her his cell phone to hold on the drive during their trip. The woman now grows worried, then anxious, then upset. How will she ever find him? By now, a crowd has started to gather around her. A couple of truckers often offer to use their CB radios to put the word out to help her locate Her husband, someone invites her over to a picnic table for a cup of coffee while she waits. An hour later, the white truck appears in the parking lot. The woman's husband gets out in a panic. The two catch sight of each other and rush towards each other. But just before they embrace, they stop just a few feet apart Ruth looking at her husband, He staring back at her in silence. They just look at each other for what seems like forever. Moments pass, and then the husband begins to cry. He reaches for his wife, and Ruth reaches back to him and hugs him. He tries to speak, but he's sobbing so hard he can't. She holds him, and then she takes his face in her hands. And when their eyes meet, she tells him that everything's going to be all right. She continues to hold him until he finally regains his composure. He explains that he was already on the highway when he realized that he had left her there at the restroom. There was no place to turn around. He had to continue straight ahead until he reached an exit, and by the time he had made his way back, he had driven almost 50 miles. It's okay now, she says as she rubs his arm. Whatever anger, whatever anxiety she felt had now suddenly disappeared. Something had happened during that pause when their eyes met. Everything that was wrong was forgiven. All the anxiety, the worry, the fear suddenly all dispelled. All that mattered was that they were together again. I found that story on a website called HeroicStories.com. See, to love with our whole heart and our mind and our soul, as this couple does, enables them to move beyond their fears and their hurts that they might be able to forgive and to welcome back to comfort, and even to support. See, every word of Jesus' gospel comes down to this same kind of love. It's always about a love that mirrors, however imperfectly, trying to mirror God's complete, total, and unconditional love for you and for me. See, Jesus reveals the mystery of the being of supreme and this all-loving God who so completely loves his creation, so selfishly creates and gives. And all that God seeks in return is that such love be shared by his people throughout his creation. Oh, the elderly couple's love for one another is so centered in that love that they readily realize the worry and the hurt that they have caused and the worry and the hurt that they have endured. But they're able to rejoice in the peace of being together again. See, their love transcends the need to blame or to criticize, Their love transcends that need to seek satisfaction in somehow inflicting the same hurt on the other. Oh, I pray so often in my life that we could follow the great commandment to love with the same selfless compassion, care, and completeness of God how different our world would be if the words from the gospel weren't simply words that we hear in this cycle every three years. But if to love God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, to love our neighbor as ourself was the simplest guideline of our lives. How different our families would be our communities would be, I think our very souls would be changed. Along the years, you've heard me speak of Mother Teresa and at one of her visits in Washington DC that I was with her for she gave a brief little talk and she talked about a sign that she had in a children's home in Calcutta the name of the home in Calcutta is called shishu bhavan it's a children's home and it continues to this day to be operated by her community the missionaries of charity She had a copy of the sign that she has in that home for those children. It's on the wall, and this is what it reads. People are unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Love them anyway. If you do good, people will accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Do good anyway. If you're successful, you win false friends and true enemies. Succeed anyway. The good you do will be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. Honesty and frankness makes you vulnerable. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spent years building may be destroyed overnight. Build anyway. People really need help, but may attack you if you help them. Help people anyway. Give the world the best you have, and you'll get kicked in the teeth. Give the world the best you've got anyway. In that brief little talk, Mother spoke to us and told her that she counsels her young charges that the challenges offered by the sign can be met only if human beings are motivated by a love and a respect for one another, which begins to look and to see beyond our faults, our differences, our ulterior motives, our success, or our failures. She completed her little talk to us by saying this about herself. By blood and origin, I am Albanian. My citizenship is Indian. I am a Catholic nun. As to my calling, I belong to the whole world. As to my heart, I belong entirely to the heart of Jesus. It is this relationship, she said, a relationship of belonging and the loving service which grows out of that belonging, which the scriptural authors called a covenant. God with us, God who loves us unconditionally, has asked if we can do the same.